Welcome back to One Winning Pod. Man, the streak is, is hella broken, guys. You know, I thought it might be like a little blip, you know, a little blip, but no, not a little blip. This is a full-on crisis. We're never going to win a preseason game again, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to talk too much about the game because it's kind of one of those things that doesn't really matter. It's more about the roster decisions at this point. Um, so we'll sprinkle in a little bit of like how that game may have impacted some of these decisions. But uh, yeah, I think we're all anticipating Tuesday at four. This episode, you'll probably almost definitely will be listening to it on Tuesday. Sneak it in before four <laughs> and, uh, and life will be good. But we're just going to go in, in the, a very basic order, like kind of from quarterback all the way down through the roster. And let's start with the quarterback competition, which I think is kind of clear as mud. <laughs> um, I thought Josh Johnson had an incredible drive to open up the game and uh shout out to coach evans with his spacing video that he put up kind of going play by play uh gives you a little glimpse of maybe what we're going to be doing in the regular season which makes you super excited with uh the a team out there but uh you know josh johnson like methodically or uh <laughs> methodically so is that even a word <laughs> methodically picked apart the defense checking his reads making great throws and um he's he's cheaper than Huntley they're both one-year options at this point I still think that they will go Huntley but part of me had this hunch of like ooh, do you like keep all of them and then put Huntley on the IR for four games because he's like dealing with that injury um to try to like protect Josh Johnson for a little longer I don't know I didn't end up doing that in my, my roster prediction for what it's worth, but I just, <laughs> it was something I thought of. All right. So maybe you could say that was an interesting pronunciation of mythically, <laughs> Myth- mythically. I, that's even, that, that takes a couple, couple beers to get it to that one. Which, <laughs> I had zero uh, beers. <laughs> <laughs> either way. Um, and as, you know, as good as Josh Johnson has looked the past two uh, games, I don't, I don't think that. We're going to call those mythic, uh, mythic moments out there with Josh Johnson. But I mean, first off, though, before we talk about the backup quarterback position, I think we just got to step back and just appreciate who QB1 is on this roster and how it's a known thing. And we're not talking about this or that. And this time last year was the start of a lot of us in the fan base, you know, getting a little antsy of just not really knowing what's going to happen. I know that's far behind us. We don't want to think about it, but I think let's just take a moment. Just appreciate it. Lamar's here. There's no questions. He's poised for a huge season in this Todd Munkin offense. I think we're all excited about it. Uh, we've seen the new passing concepts. The spacing, like you said, uh, is is worlds of a difference than when Roman was here. I, it's it's going to be incredible to see this against Houston. I can't wait. But yeah, backup quarterback position, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. My opinion is it's going to be Huntley unless he's hurt. And then, you know, he'll go to the IR and, and Johnson will be there for the initial uh, first part of the season. I mean, it's just like Josh Johnson, he's what at this point? He's he's in his like... 17th year, right? 17th year. He's 37 years old. It's, it's incredible that he's been able to stick around this long, you know, just being a trusted backup in the league, a guy that... that I guess coaches feel that like he can go in and run the offense. I mean, cause you look at his career statistics, only 13 touchdown passes um, <laughs> on 355 attempts, uh, completion percentage of 58. 
I I just don't see how you're expecting anything out of this guy better than Huntley. I know that we have some there, there's some shortcomings of Huntley. I just think you know what Josh Johnson is. Huntley could still improve a little bit. He knows the offense. He knows the players. The players know him. Hopefully, we don't have to get there this year. But I I would be I wouldn't say shocked, but I'd be very surprised if the Ravens straight up go with Josh Johnson over Tyler Huntley. I think Huntley's spot on this roster is safe. And why did Josh Johnson play over Huntley in the preseason? I'm not sure, but maybe that was just, you know, to to get get uh, send a message to Huntley and just be like, hey, you know, we're, we're expecting more from you. So this guy's going to go out and, and, and play the first team snaps. And you got to work on these things. I don't know, but I think it's going to be Huntley. Fair enough. On to the running back situation. You know, we didn't see any Akeem Mitchell, but I feel like he still has a roster spot here. So I had him in mind. You know, I have four running backs. What do you think, Peter? You think it's uh, important we do that still? He has to be there. You know, we're going to talk about the the quote-unquote handshake deals later, but you can't risk uh, losing Mitchell to, uh, to waivers because it's very likely some team will pick him up. I mean, you know, the, these players were where it didn't get drafted for a reason. Mitchell, I think the knock on him was, you know, is he going to be able to break tackles? Is he really going to be able to be an inside runner? And to be fair, the big plays that we saw him break in the preseason, he was jutting to the outside and running along the sidelines. That's great. We can use that in the offense, but it does show, I think, that he has limited abilities at this point. But he's certainly a playmaker that we need to keep on this roster. So uh, Dobbins and Edwards are obviously locks. Justice Hill, I, I think, has shown enough to to be a lock as well. Uh, I think it would be a, a huge mistake by the Ravens if if they leave Mitchell's status on this team to chance and, and don't have him on the initial roster. Agreed. Well, the wide receiver competition was pretty straightforward from a long time. It really was just wide receiver six that seemed questionable. Unless, they, you know, we, we talked about maybe they trade Duvernay, right? Like there's there's a world where you might want to trade him because you, you save some salary. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. That has to be happening, you know, any minute now kind of thing. So it was all about wide receiver six, and, and Wallace really showed up. You know, you know that they need to have the special teams chops. He has that. But he really started to develop as a wide receiver. He had that really great catch across the middle, uh, awesome hands grab. And um, I think that's one of those things with, that he he started a lot of growth, I feel like, as a wide receiver. You know, a lot of times we, we've gotten spoiled lately in the last maybe five years where wide receivers – broke out after year two and now or before that it was three years but you know for a guy like uh wallace fourth round pick coming back from injury as well it's not that surprising that you know maybe this is the year that he'll be a little bit more competent and more useful and at this point i wouldn't be shocked if we saw him in some sets you know particularly if there's any injuries and you're down to like you know he's now the fifth option i could see him in some sets so i i'm really impressed with what i've seen from wallace and i think he gets wide receiver six all but locked up with even a, you know another great performance, isn't it crazy to think? Or, 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 just to let's take a moment here. Devin <laughs> Duvernay is the longest tenured wide receiver on this team. I guess tied with Prochet, but I you know Prochet is all but certainly going to another team, right? But it's crazy. Just twenty twenty draft pick, third round at that. Very different wide receiver room. Um, we said that's what we wanted to see after this past off uh, past season and that's definitely what we're getting yeah so i mean the, the thought that ca- thought came to my head when you were saying like perhaps we could try and trade duvernay but 
got that veteran leadership there. He knows what it means to be a Raven. He's got to tell all these these new guys what it means to be a Raven, I guess. But <laughs> Well, and I think, to be fair, like, what are you trading him for, right? Exactly, What right, are you trading yeah. for? And then, like, the next marginal guy you add on, it's not like we're, like, scratching to be like, oh, we really want Treadwell, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's like... It's not like we're really like Jones for that that next six spot. Like we're all a tough decision. It's like nah, we got the six. We're good. Yeah, we we've seen this before with players like like Chuck Clark. That a lot a lot of these guys who are, are a fringe and are maybe playing at a position that we might have a, a glut of talent at, we get back less than we would than we value them as. You know, at least in the fan base, just because you know they they fit really well with the Ravens culture. But another outside of that. You know, maybe not. I, I still think Chuck Clark. I, I still think that he's more valuable in teams than what we got from him. But I digress. Anyways, uh, agree with what you're saying with Wallace. Uh, I really hope that we get to see him uh, get some snaps, get in some packages this year, make some impact plays um, in the regular season because that's really been what he's been lacking. I mean, outside of special teams, he's improved each preseason, like you're saying. He had touchdowns in each of the first two games, almost had one this last one. There certainly is growth there, and I don't know if he's a guy who we can expect more than a couple catches from this year, but even if that's what he does, I think that's that's great for him. That's putting your career in the right direction, a stepping stone. Of course, injuries can happen. Uh, you know, we're looking at Odell coming off a big injury. He's been in there for a while. Uh, Bateman, hopefully he can play a full season, but his Injuries history the past two years, you never know. Duvernay has been pretty durable, but he did get hurt last year. Uh, Aguilar is incredibly durable, but you never know. I mean, Kyle Fuller last year, he had never really gotten hurt in his career, and then he gets hurt for the season before halftime of the first game. So Wallace, yeah, I don't know yet how comfortable I am if he has to play meaningful snaps, but certainly showing growth, and, and that's all you can ask for. And then we'll just have to see how that translates to games that actually matter. Sure thing. So going into the tight end position, you know, there was kind of a conversation, I think, last week about, you know, Vokalek versus Kolar. And this game was kind of a flip script. Kolar played quite well. Vokalek kind of didn't show up too much. Maybe they were hiding him. And I think it kind of solidified that Kohler's going to be that third for sure, which I, I don't think was like too out of the question last week. But uh, and, and, and I feel like they're trying to maybe hide Vokalek. That's my guess. Um and maybe be able to bring him back quietly to the practice squad. So, I don't know what you think there. Does it? Do you really hide someone, though, by not playing them in the third preseason game? I mean, the highlights still exist from the first two. <laughs> it's not like you take them off the field and then those become erased from everywhere. Like, <laughs> you know, just, just snapped out of don't, existence. Don't need him to flash again, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Sure, yeah. You don't need it to it's, repeat. You know, the classic thing, man. You got one dot, that's a point. You got two lines, or two points, that's a line. Three points, you got a trend, you know? No trend. There you go. Exactly, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what someone in in, in Vocal X position could do to um, to earn a spot over even a guy like Kolar. Like, sure, he's definitely behind, unquestionably behind Andrews, um, and almost certainly behind likely um just because of what likely was able to do last year so no fault of Kohler's own he just didn't see the field but yeah I, I don't really think he did anything to lose the spot um and he made big plays in the second and third game I can't remember if he really did much in the first game oh that's right that was the game he had the fumble and then but then the next play got out of bounds 
Yeah, I I think that he is someone we need to keep, though, in Vokalek. Again, what are we going to be able to do roster gymnastics that would allow us to uh, to keep him? That's going to be interesting and a tough one. Uh, and I guess one other thing to talk about here, uh, Ricard, uh, do we th- think he's on the team? I said yes. I mean, that's that's the way you get Vokalek on is if you if you cut Ricard or you play some gymnastics. I, I personally feel like there might be some sort of, you know, attempt to get him to renegotiate his contract at this point because they have a little bit of ammunition with the Vokalek thing. But I, I don't know, man. The, the, the recorded thing is an interesting byproduct. You know, you see these changes in, in regimes and then suddenly players that were like second round draft picks are, are never used because they just don't fit what the guys are trying to do. And I kind of feel like that's what's going on here with Ricard, you know, heavily used. And now it's like a little bit more difficult to see how he might get a fit in this team and this offense. But I think they will, uh, like I said last year or last week, they're more creative than I am. <laughs> They'll figure out ways that they can use him. And I think they're just going to ride out the contract this year. It, it, if he got cut, it would not surprise me. Right. But I just don't see him going that direction. But I will say, I, I feel like it was a smoking gun that he was trying to out at <laughs> offensive line. I, I swear they were trying to pull some real shenanigans there. <laughs> so, like, I, I that that's what made me concerned that he might not be uh, a lock. Yeah, I mean, so the, another reason to, to take into consideration, and, and maybe not everyone's going to agree with, with me on this, but I, I think Ricard is virtually a lock just because of his his veteran status on this team i understand we have a new offensive coordinator but the head coach is the same uh, you see we're certainly going to see different players used in different manners but head coach a change in offensive coordinator is not a change in head coach and, and harbaugh we know is very loyal to his guys particularly those who have tenure i think ricardo is a guy who has tenure and munkin you know what what was the big thing with him when we brought him in he's a guy who who adapts, right? He adapts to what the strengths are of of a team and, and, and kind of has a, a malleable game plan in that sense. I think he's going to try any which way to get Ricard involved because he sees a guy, I mean, I imagine he sees a guy who's an incredibly talented blocker, um, regardless of what your feeling is of, of how long much he's out on the field. Like, we know that. And he might have some creative ways of using him, you know? And we're talking, again, also about tight end with Boyle no longer on the team, uh, and likely in Kolar, really much better receivers than they are blockers. Um, that's a, a, an area of need on this team is, is another guy there who can go down there in the trenches and, and block on running plays. So yeah, I agree that the path to snaps is not clear with regard right now, at least from what we're assuming, right? We haven't really seen this offense in full strength yet. So we don't, we're making guesses here as to what it's going to be. I'd like to think they're educated guesses, but they're still assumptions. But yeah, I think we're going to, it's going to be interesting and we'll see. They might, he might try some different things with the card. He might be more involved early in the season and then, you know, it's not really working. So he's on the field less and less as the year goes on. But in short, I think with his tenure, they're going to try and make it work and just see what happens. I think there might be a point differential thing too. It's like, Oh, they're up by 14, you know, sure. with, in the fourth quarter. It's like the Ricard package. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he, he subs in as quarterback. <laughs> um, 
I guess. But let, you know, talking about Blocker and Ricard, let's go to the offensive line. And, and Peter, why don't you lead off with uh, your offensive line predictions? Yeah. So I mean, I guess to start at tackle, uh, Stanley and Moses, obviously. Makari, depending on where you want to put him, and then Falele seems to be. Were there some moments during preseason where he was still getting beat, where he wanted to see quicker feet? Sure, but I think that he's still a prospect they're going to like. I think his spot's pretty safe. And then interior, of course, you got Zeitler. He's obviously there. Linderbaum. Uh, my guy, John Simpson, really excited. Uh, John Harbaugh announced him as the starter. I think he's going to fit really well in that line. I don't know what his ceiling is, but I think he'll be at worst solid. And then this is where it gets interesting. Andrew Voorhees is not playing this year. Still recovering from injury, so he'll be on the IR. And then you've got Sala. We talked about him. Late round draft pick. Did not run away with the competition at all. Simpson clearly beat him. And then there's also Ben Cleveland, a guy who, based on snaps in preseason and what from what we've heard from camp, uh, the Ravens seem to like Sala a little better. But as we have here in the notes, um, it's not quite clear that Cleveland is a downgrade from Salah. Uh, Salah has tools you like, certainly has things he needs to work on, uh, particularly, I think, at times, uh, strength and pass protection. And Cleveland is still showing that he needs some, to grow a little bit as well in his game, but at times looked very solid during this preseason, particularly in run blocking, uh, can pancake guys with that strength. You know, I, I think when you look at Salah and Cleveland, you're you're looking at guys and there's pros and cons to each. So, I think they'll keep Cleveland around for another year, but it could he could be a guy that when if they're really getting down to a roster crunch, might be in danger. Yeah, man, I think this is the hardest one in a way. Yeah, you know, there's this there's all this bad juju around Cleveland, just bad vibes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> vibe check is not high around Cleveland, but he's just played well. He's just played well this preseason. He's completely outplayed Salah. I think it's undeniable they stopped playing Salah. And I don't think it's even close. So to me, keeping Salah around and not keeping Cleveland is malpractice. So they have to they have to keep him. That's my thought. They kind of have to keep him and or trade him. You know, if they if they can trade him for something, that's that might be a good reason. I I've been over here being like, they gotta IR Salah. Just like find a hangnail, find anything. <laughs> <laughs> like I I just don't even want to see him maybe even this year. They're not talking about him that way. It, it seems unrealistic. That's just kind of where I'm at with him. I think it's just, it, it almost feels like an overreaction, I think, though, to my like deep desire to keep Cleveland around. Because, I mean, you never wish for injury, but I'm over here thinking to myself, if either of these guards go down, I'd much rather have Cleveland go in than Salah at this point. I mean, maybe use McCarry instead. I actually list him as a guard in this in this situation because I, I felt more confidence with Falele. I feel like he could come in either tackle position and play not saying that they would do that first. I'm just saying, I think he could. So anyways, I, I'm really worried about the Cleveland thing. I think they keep Mustafer because they want to back up center. I don't see, I think like didn't Cleveland like play like two snaps of center last year or something like, yeah, I feel it like, was a very short lived experiment, <laughs> right? Like the guy's like has horrible bend. So I don't, I don't see that happening, but, um, anyhow, I, I, I digress. I'm just over here kind of like tilting my head off about how they're, how they're going to keep 10 linemen, which doesn't feel likely, but there's, there's 10 like pretty clear cut people that they would probably intend to keep. So 
this is a this is a tricky one. This is where for for those wondering at home, this is this is exactly where you use like one of the defensive handcuffs or not handcuffs, uh, handshakes. <laughs> use a defensive handshake, and and I think we're going to overload the offensive side uh, this year. So there'll be like a twenty-six offensive person and only twenty-four defensive people because all the handshakes are defensive players. There's no offensive players you can do similar shenanigans with. That's the only way you're going to make it work, right? Um, we talked about this uh, prior to recording. It's guys um, five plus years in the league making the vet minimum, and I, I mean it's not even anyone like who, who's who's in danger of not even making the team, right? There's literally no player. Who, who falls under that category on the offense, at least not that I can think of. Same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> but let's move on then to, to defense, I guess. And one of the players that could be uh, used as a handshake is right here on the first group that we're going to talk about, defensive line. You're looking at the guys who are locks, Justin Matabike, uh, Travis Jones, Project Washington, Michael Pierce, and a guy who the Ravens probably want to have on here, but is making the vet minimum and has been around the league for a bit is is Brent Urban. Um, I think he, he provides really solid solid depth. He's got some athleticism and length that you really like there. That you're the length in particular. He's got a different build than you're getting from the rest of those guys. So I think he's he's useful in certain situations due to that. It's been a, really good against the run for us. So Brent Urban, I think, will be part of this final roster, but. He is a prime candidate for being used as a handshake deal to to get uh, some of these offensive guys on, if that's the direction that the Ravens feel like they need to go. Yeah, they'll almost certainly use him. He was interviewed last year by Ken McCusick, and he asked about that exact thing. Like the Ravens keep cutting you to do this exact you know maneuver, and he's un- he's understanding of it. And we know that his wife is like quite keen on him staying here. I think he wants to stay here. He's always featured prominently in, uh, in in Ravens media. I feel like the photographs, the mic'd ups, etc. So I mean, he's just—I feel like he's a player that's pretty well loved within the organization, and he makes a lot of sense. I think Blackson also has played quite well this preseason, and I think they have plans for him. I just don't know exactly how they're going to make it work to bring him back. Like, which player isn't available? Which which players hurt? But I think I do anticipate both those players being a part of the future with this team uh, to augment the the first four we talked about. I think one more guy to talk about uh, there who would be a practice squad, I think, if anything. But yeah, I like what they saw uh, from Rayshon Nichols this preseason. Um, I'm trying to think, though, how he would fit into the calculus here if he would have a, a path to the, to the roster or practice squad. Yeah, I, I mean... Him and Caesar both feel like guys that could easily be a part of the practice squad. I anticipate one of them being there, but also um, we do tend to lose defensive linemen uh, that are on our practice squad to other teams. So I'm very curious who the who, who we don't keep gets claimed at this point because you know we all are biased to like want to protect our guys. I'm sure we don't know the bubble players of many other rosters of any at all. So we're over here being worried that they're going to get claimed, but there's other people in the bubble that I'm sure other teams want to get back on their practice squad. They're familiar with their scheme and, and everything. So it's probably less people than we think, but I do think it wouldn't surprise me. The defensive line is a, a picked on resource. Moving on to edge rusher um, roster locks for here. Looks like it would be Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, uh, Jadavian Clowney, newly on the team, uh, Tavius Robinson, 
those are going to be the locks, right? <laughs> um, we do have another name on here that I think is an interesting one to talk about, and uh, that's Malik Ham, uh, who had a pretty strong preseason being undrafted here. And the injury to Bowser, we're still not getting a ton of information on there, but it would seem that he's going to start the year on the IR. So that opens up a, a spot because Edge, you want more than four, ideally. Ham would seem to be the guy who would get that that call of all the guys who who played in preseason. I think he was the one who showed the most promise, uh, showed the most variety of what he could do out there. I don't think he's a, a lock by any sense, um, but certainly someone I think who, who is a, a candidate. You know, you wouldn't be shocked if that is someone who they would keep on the final roster. Yeah, I had a ham there, but I, I would have taken him away for like the final exercise for no other reason than I think he's the classic person we just talked about. Like we probably covet more than anyone else. You probably very likely sneak to the practice squad. So you could, you know, in in this in this example here that we're kind of looking at, Salah's not in it, but I could see them keeping Salah and then cutting ham because it's more likely that you can sneak ham. But I do really like ham. I want him to be a part of this team and... I'd be looking for any stone I can turn in order to in order to do it. He played quite well, and I think a lot of them did. I wouldn't be surprised if Sanders sticks around. Um, you know, I think we actually did a pretty decent job identifying edge players that could stick around. And it kind of makes me sad. We have a guy like Robinson, who I'm not quite sure how he contributes this year, if at, if at all. And I'm over here seeing like ways that we probably could use Ham. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here like, I want to practice squad ham though <laughs> and, and keep Robinson. It's like, I don't know. It's kind of frustrating um, that there's like a couple players that we have on this roster who I'm not saying are going to be busts and they're not going to work out, but I just don't see how they work out this year. Um, and yeah, kind of go from there. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, at least what it looks like post preseason. I mean, the other thing to remember though is that the preseason is a different game and there'll be guys who stand out in the preseason and then just never put it together. Um, you, yeah. you watch them in the regular season, it just doesn't work out. Uh, and then conversely, there are guys who, who don't have terrible preseasons, and then they turn it on when the games are for real. Uh, remember so, uh, when Chase couldn't catch the ball? Those are good times. Exactly, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> or even like someone like Mark Andrews. Remember his first, uh, you know, technically he played a full four preseason games as I was five that year, and he was total trash. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, in that final preseason game, he he looked like an all-pro, and then we know what happened after that. But, yeah, sometimes it takes guys a, a little bit longer. Um, but, yeah, a guy like Tavius Robinson, uh, we knew he was going to be a developmental guy. It didn't really show much of anything this this preseason to make it look like a guy that uh, you're, you're really going to be expecting things from going forward. But a lot can change. A lot can change. You know, we'll see. I'm certainly not writing him off, but, yeah, I agree right now. We're just going off what we saw with preseason and not taking anything else into consideration. You're a little more excited with a guy like Ham right now uh, than Robinson. Yep. I guess moving along to inside linebacker, another interesting position point. Do the Ravens keep five? Do they keep four? And there's a lot of players there that have some flexibility. The three that are pretty much locked up at this point are Queen, Smith, and Simpson. But Elshon Phillips has played out of his mind. I quite like him. And then Harrison has that positional versatility of playing edge, uh, Sam, or or Thumper linebacker. So I think they keep both. That's my guess. But then that you have Welsh and um, Ross hitting, 
you know, waivers. I think Welsh gets claimed. I think Welsh goes somewhere for sure. And I think maybe Ross, you can sneak him on to the practice squad again. Uh, I think it's likely that he'll be able to go onto the practice squad, but it's definitely uh, an interesting decision point. Uh, he didn't get to play much this preseason, so I, I think he's out um, as far as I guess I, I guess I'm saying like he's uh, surely not going to make the, the the primary 53, but I could see him definitely stick around as practice squad. Yeah, it definitely did not have the impact this preseason that he did um, last season, which which is unfortunate. But Phillips had a really strong preseason. Uh, again, we're talking about another guy who who outperformed a guy we drafted this year uh, in Simpson. But again, you know, Phillips, he's been around the league for a little bit. You know, he's he's not an undrafted guy. He's he's a vet, even though he really hasn't gotten that many opportunities yet at this time in his career. There's opportunity for him. Again, is he going to play when when the things, you know, when the lights are on? In some ways, it reminds you of, what was his name, Stephen Means from last year. Now, granted, with Means, we just never really got a chance to see what he could do with this defense because he was injured. I think he only lasted to game two. It was very short time uh, before he was on IR. So we can't really make any fair comparison, but, you know, a guy like Stephen Means was pretty invisible when he did finally get playing time again in a short sample size. But yeah, I, I mean, the thing with, with Phillips though, is when we're talking about depth outside of Roquan and queen, like Malik has shown flashes at times, but you know, you're, if he has to play significant snaps due to an injury to either queen or Smith, I, I think that we're a little nervous about that. Would Phillips be better? I don't know, but at least you keep him on the roster and you have that, option in the unfortunate case that you need it right so yeah I, I think that he's a strong candidate to make the roster not a lock but certainly someone I think that the coaches are taking a really strong look at to see if if there's a way they can make it work and, and what he can contribute what do you think about the corners what do I think about the corners <laughs> <laughs> I, I see that you were not uh you, you didn't want to just dive right into that one I mean, I can start if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the corners, are, the corners. this is really, there's just so much we don't know here, right? We don't know what Marlon's status is going to be for this year at all. You know, when is he going to come back? What shape is he going to be when he comes back, right? Uh, Rakyasin is a question mark. Uh, we know what he's done other places. How does he fit into this defense? Uh, who is this Darby guy? Does anyone know? You know, he's, he's been around a lot of places. I, we'll see. Brandon Stevens had an up-and-down preseason. Caillou, we're, yeah, where do we start with this group? Where do we start? Those are the names. There's a couple others, too. <laughs> so many names. This is the part that broke my, my spreadsheet. I'm over here, and I'm like, oh, I ran out of slots. I need to, I need to make a bigger, <laughs> move this row down so I can, uh, I can fit more in this column. Um, all right. So like, I think Marlowe comes back pretty quickly. I don't think he's going to be IR'd. I think he's back in the first four games. That's good. Then you have rock and Darby. Hopefully rocks back in practicing soon. I don't know. I don't know if he is or not. I can't remember, but, uh, you know, hopefully he's right. So you have rock and Darby as your starters. Uh, maybe Stevens in there as well to back up or Darius won the slot role. You know, we're taking for granted. Darius is going to make the roster at this point, but that was not clear at the beginning of this process. So congrats to him for playing his butt off, you know? And there's all this like speculation that we have to keep Pepe around so we can IR him. 
And I mean, I know it's true, but I'm just like, I'm not sold that Pepe deserves a roster spot. You know, he, he's in the same phylum as J.A.D., Caillou, you know, like, what have you done for me ever, really? You know, Pepe had a little bit of promise in the preseason. He had all that dog, but like, it didn't really transfer to the regular season, got injured, kind of lost a year developmentally. J.A.D. has barely played football in his whole entire life. You know, he got peppered in the preseason game, gave me no confidence, you know, that, that was... That's a note from the game. <laughs> Heavily targeted. <laughs> not great. Horrible tackler. Just horrendous tackling. Um, just a piss poor effort, in my opinion. And and then Caillou. And I I'm never negative, guys. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I try I try to say the positive, but like JD just has not impressed me yet, uh, from that perspective. And then and then Caillou, you know, up and down games, lots of down, makes you concerned about everything and we had a little conversation before the show, but I think it's worth reiterating. I'm over here thinking, what happened to the Ravens' ability to draft cornerbacks? The last couple of years, they're on the clock. We want a cornerback. They pick JAD and they pick Pepe. We're over here, a bunch of YouTubers, you know, podcast personalities being like, hey, uh, that Woolen guy looks pretty good. <laughs> you know, maybe they should draft Woolen. And it turns out to be a, a stud. And then they go and take Caillou. And we're over here being like, I mean, they, Ringo was no longer available when they picked Caillou. We were talking about guys like Rush, Ricks, and then Eli Ricks gets a pick six against us and had a good camp, you know? And you're just like, man, like, I'm over here just wondering who, like, we didn't even have Caillou on the board. You know, we had all these lovely guys we want to take a a flyer on. I can't remember when Brents was high. uh, I think Brents was taken in the second, so we wouldn't have a chance on him. But, you know, there's all these, like, beautiful corners, lots of corners. I know the uh, Steelers got one. He got injured, though. He got hurt. But uh, anyways, all that to say, like, they draft this Caillou guy, and now I don't even know how to get a roster spot. You're over here doing gymnastics. <laughs> and um, luckily, you know, it's not as dire of a situation as we're making it out to be. I do think Seymour is a handshake that they're, they're going to utilize. So he doesn't make the 53, but he'll be back. And I think Seymour is quite good. Uh, and then Worley is whatever you think he is. If you think he's a safety, he's a safety. If you think he can still play corner, he's a corner. I think he's a little bit of both, but I think he comes back to on a handshake deal. So while we don't include him in the conversation, these are two veteran players that can play well and contribute to this team that do it provide depth. But you look at these young guys and you're just like, what are you going to do for me this year? We're trying to win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So, and, and you know who else we didn't talk about? Hayes. You know, they, they, they lose Marlowe. They go in desperation mode. They bring all these guys off the street and Hayes plays out of his mind. He's completely outplayed JAD and Caillou. Like, but he, we're not even talking about him making a roster spot because he, every, every team in the NFL has had a chance to get this guy off waivers. He's only his like eighth team <laughs> and we have him now and he looks good, but that, that's a, gets back to what we were talking about earlier, man. It's killer that you have all these players you want to keep for developmental purposes, but like they're not, if we need to throw them in right now, give me Hayes. <laughs> so it's, it's a difficult balance this year. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, and you know, it's. It's crazy. You know, the, the Ravens do such a great job with drafting, but, I mean, you can't be perfect. And for whatever reason, we we see it that every now and again, it feels like we kind of go in a lull with certain position groups where we, we just get backed up in being able to draft them. We're focusing on the positions, I guess. I guess the board doesn't fall in our favor. You know, these players that we're, we're shouting out, maybe something in the scouting department said, no, nah, this guy's not really it. 
or maybe they are just just misses. You know, they're not perfect. As as good as the Ravens are at drafting, they are certainly capable, just like any other organization, of of missing guys who are are true vets. You look at this this secondary right now. What really makes you feel good about it? I shouldn't say feel good, but not as bad is the safety position and and linebacker, which we'll get to. But you're looking at it right now with, I guess, starting in, in week one, you're going to have Rocky Sin and Darby on, on the boundaries, Washington in the slot, and that'll work against Houston, but what's it going to be the rest uh, until Marlon's going to be able to come back? A lot of questions, yeah. But, yeah, so when you look at that, yeah, I think – Rock is definitely there. Obviously, Darby, Stevens, and Ardarius, those four. And then I, I guess Pepe and, and JAD and Caillou make it because they're the draft picks that have only been around a little bit, and you want to see what else you get from them. But you're, they certainly don't seem like they're ready to be playing meaningful snaps yet at this point. So hopefully the vet guys can can stay healthy, and, and, and that's just what it's going to be. But just the way the past couple seasons have gone, I do not feel good about this group. And <laughs> I'm really hoping that we're not going to have to see the the back nine of this, but it just, it feels like a, too much of a possibility, particularly with Marlowe already having an injury that, that he claims, I, I see an article here on BaltimoreRavens.com. Marlon's claiming he feels like he could play today. We know Marlon says a lot of crazy things, so take that for what you will. But, yeah, hopefully that will be a short one because uh, we're going to need him this year. Absolutely. Going into this, man, like, do you see which one of these guys? So, like, I guess I'll pose it to you this way. The Ravens decide they're cutting one J.A.D. or Caillou Kelly. Which one do you keep? Just of those two? Pepe's definitely staying? Sure. I mean, you can add Pepe to the group. Is that the one you would cut? Okay. I think I, I mean, would, too, but I think there's an injury settlement or something. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if you can do it. I mean, it's so tough because we've we've seen so little of them. And, you know, I, I am intrigued with Caillou. I, I think that he certainly has some things he needs to work on, but he has physical tools that that I think are, are really intriguing. So I would go JID in that situation, um, which we'll see. In a, hopefully in a couple of years, we look back on this, and this is ridic- as ridiculous as you cutting Chuck Clark back in 2019 for that special teams guy we can't even remember. But... That's where I would go right now. I think that Pepe has shown a little more. And Caillou, I, I just don't feel comfortable giving up on him yet just due to him having trouble out of the gate with the physical tools that he has. So, yeah, right now that's what I'm saying. But that's a, that's a tough call. That is that is a tough call right there. For sure. For sure. I think I would take JAD, which sounds terrible because he's done nothing to, imp- to impress me. <laughs> and what I like, I feel like I used on a little bit more. Um, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. That, that's like, yeah. Ask me, ask me in 30 minutes. I might change. Um, and then right, the wrap exactly, up, yeah. and then the wrap up, you know, you got safety position. I guess not to wrap up. I think, think take one quick step back before we talk about safeties. The, uh, Jason from Hollywood films might've been the first person to say it, but he was like, what if we cut Ott? What if we have no long snapper? <laughs> And it's not the worst thing I've ever heard in my life because he's the vet man. He's a handshake candidate, 100%. But another team, he is also a Pro Bowl uh, long snapper. So, you know, another team could try to like get him for more. Uh, and then we'd be 
really SOL. I don't think they want to play with that fire, but I was, I thought it was very innovative and I thought it was a cool idea <laughs> to just completely punt a position and, and know you're going to get it back kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's what, that's a fun one over drinks, but yeah, I agree. That is, that is playing with way too much fire. I think. Yeah. Like, if it's, yeah. <laughs> it had to be the, the most locked in handshake. You don't even like let them out of your sight. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's really like you're cut. Here's here's your room over here, uh, just next to Coach's office. We got you a, bo- a, a bed it, here. It, it's a Faraday cage too. He can't get any, no <laughs> yeah. messages from his agent or any other. Resource. Here's the Wi-Fi code. <laughs> <laughs> and then they slide him a, a contract underneath the door, and he has to sign and put it back before they let him. <laughs> Actually, what am I talking about? He's not getting a Wi-Fi code. He could communicate with teams there. No, he's getting some old magazines there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Anyways, let's assume they're not going to do that. Made a little bit harder. Um, I only had us keeping three safeties, which is kind of funny and also not entirely true because Stevens and Ardarius could could be considered a safety in, in some parlances. But just Hamilton, Stone, and, and Marcus Williams. You know, Stone didn't have the greatest game, though, in the preseason. He got some preseason action and, and, and didn't look like uh, the Geno Stone from last year, who in the preseason was absolute dynamite. And in the regular season, very, very serviceable. So... Hopefully it was just a bad game, a little bit of bad mojo, get the kinks out, but something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what to make of that. That surprised me uh, in the game, but again, it's. I, I think you got to look at his track record, and, and hopefully it was just a matter of he's missed some time, uh, he, he needs to get his conditioning back a little bit, and then he'll be ready to go. I'm not th- worrying too much about it. It was surprising, but... You know, players have bad games, even in preseason sometimes, I guess, which it's a little more surprising there because Stone should be at a higher level than those guys. I mean, I guess. I mean, Tampa play, did go out with some starters, didn't they? Godwin was out there. Uh, Baker. I don't know if they had anyone else, but yeah. I think Stone will be good this year. I hope so, too. I, I, I haven't lost hope because of this game. It's just something to kind of point out. So... Yeah, I feel like that's, I mean, that was kind of the game, man, or the, the roster prediction situation. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Tucker Stout, Ott. They're there. Keeping them. We're not playing any shenanigans. Yep. No uh, <laughs> hostage situation that we, <laughs> I'm sure Ott's a fine dude and trustworthy. <laughs> it's just, it's for entertainment purposes only. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the number one thing I'm going to do, man, when the roster comes out tomorrow at four o'clock, my eyes are going to dart down to off- offensive line, you know? start down to the corner and then taking the rest i remember last year being so surprised by some of the options and then you saw like josh oliver become a huge piece gets a big contract generates a comp pick what a guy <laughs> he didn't even have no one had him on their their 53s but then he uh he pulled it off he did he did but uh we'll be back soon with uh preview man <laughs> is this exciting a preview of a regular season football game against the houston texans working on finding a guest for that and then uh you know we'll just be we'll be trucking along but uh regular football full-fledged football starts in 12 days and i could not be more excited it's crazy how close it is and man ready for it i love the long labor day weekend it's always great but unfortunately that it's also long because you're like it's the last weekend before football last one yeah, I'm like not even looking forward to next weekend. <laughs> I don't know. Are you doing anything for Labor Day? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't acknowledge no. the holiday. 
In fact, actually, I'm like worried I'm going to go to work. Like, I never made that mistake in my life. I'm pretty sure like over the next week, it'll be beaten into my head. But I, I completely forgotten it's a thing. I'm over here like thinking, of, you know, about Monday at work and I'm, I don't have to go anywhere on Monday. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoy your Labor Day. If we don't talk to you before then. Enjoy making your 53-man roster predictions. Curious what you think about all of that. And we'll see you soon talking about real football. Go Ravens.